You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today. I just want to start there because so many people, I think, have this some sort of mindset, some sort of assumption about themselves that they are not a productive person. To be a person means that you are productive, right? There might be different shades, right? You may not be as effective as you could be. Um, you may not be making, you know, discerning choices to the way that you could be. So there are different things. But I want to start with the assumption that you are productive and you are creative and you want to get things done. Welcome to Productive Flourishing, where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined by Angela Wheeler and other guests who will share their stories, insights, wins, and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Productive Flourishing Podcast. I'm Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined today um, with my best friend, and she's an amazing woman. I'm talking about Angela Wheeler. Hello. Today, we are answering another question that someone sent through. I love this question because mm-hmm. um, it comes up so much. And so, Lena, um, it, well, it wasn't really a question. It was more of a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Amusing or pondering. Amusing or pondering. Um, I'll, I'll try to convert it to a question. Um, and so, what we are talking about is, you know, her comment was guilt. The I am not productive guilt. And so I think this was in response to, like, what's challenging you Mm -hmm. at this point? So, you know, productive guilt is what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Or actually, the I am not productive guilt. Yeah. So, one of the reasons this is, like, one of my favorite conversations is because rather than focusing on guilt, Mm -hmm. I like to focus on the productive piece of it. (laughs) Um, Because Angela knows what what rant I'm going to start writing up. Like, I think... So often when we talk about productivity, mm-hmm. we talk just about work, mm-hmm. right? And just about certain types of work. And if you're really feeling guilty, mm-hmm. it's this, it's only the work you're not doing, mm-hmm. right? That's really, I. you're saying I am not productive. Because I don't think it's possible, really, for someone to have that guilt mm-hmm. and not be doing something, right? Now, I want to caveat. There's always a caveat here. If you are clinically depressed... Mm-hmm then I think it is possible for you to have the guilt and frustration around the, I am, you know, around not getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not been clinically depressed, so I can't speak from that lived experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've had people who have, you know, had that say, you know what, I just can't do, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't get off the couch and I feel really ashamed and embarrassed and guilty about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to hold space for those people. Yeah. Um, Those people. Yeah, well, you know. I I have been there. Yeah. Um. So yes. Um. That. That's not what we're talking about yeah. today. So, um. And I didn't want to be like those people, like them versus us. I'm just yeah. saying, like we all go through bouts of depression and things like that. So if you are in that state, um, a whole lot of this may not apply. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know that. Um, big love to you. Yeah. Okay. So. First of it, first of all, think about the fact that anything you do that helps you flourish and thrive and, and become the person you want to be in the world, we should count as being productive, mm-hmm. right? Anything you do. So this means eating. This means exercising. This means being a kick-ass parent. 
This means being a, um, you know, member of your community who's holding, you know, 832 different threads at once and trying to make things come. And it feels like they can't do anything besides that. All of those types of things can be and should be counted as being productive. Mm -hmm. That's the first place I really want to start. Mm-hmm. Because when I think about that, so many creative giants are you know, super compassionate, big ideas, out there making stuff happen. But what they're actually doing is not being counted yeah. the same because they're not writing the book or they're not starting the business or they're not bringing in money. Bringing in money. Yep. Right. Um, or they're not doing all these other things that count as being productive. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I like to think... That if we gave ourselves the peace of mind to focus on the process and um, be mindful of things like the money, mm-hmm. be mindful of things like the outcome, that's great, but not necessarily make the outcome the evaluation of our productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? It does. It absolutely makes sense. And I had to... Um, when Lena brought this up, I, you know, I asked her to if she would clarify a little bit because I wasn't sure that I was understanding, um, you know. And she mentioned that, um, you know, what she was asking about that is she's like, "What do I do with this guilt when I feel like I'm doing this thing that's really not productive, you know? And it's not, it's not, you know, I I'm putting this in here, but it's not putting food on my family's plate or." It's not, um, you know, me billing four clients today or or that kind of thing. So I totally hear you. Um, I totally hear you. And I will say this is something I'm challenged with all the time, you know. Um, but it just it, – it, I try to come back to that question of is what you're doing actually a waste of time, which is what I'll – you know, the the chatter in my head while I'll tell myself, like, you're wasting time. And um, generally, no. Generally, that's that's not what's happening. What I want to say here is I do think there is a useful lens mm-hmm. for saying, you know what? This activity that I'm doing is not generating the results that I need for them to regenerate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to do something different. Dun, dun, dun. Facebook swirl. Oh, sorry. I didn't know where I'm you were sorry. Going with that I one. had to. <laughs> um, are you talking about yourself? You? Oh, I'm else? talking about me. Anybody? Okay. Like the like the click hole, right? Oh, the click hole. Yeah. The click hole and the loop, mm-hmm. right? So we we have two different words. In case you've never heard us talk about the click hole or the loop, right? The loop is short for the infinite loop of digital distractions, mm-hmm. right? So you check email and somebody sends you a link and then you check that link and then you see 18 other things that you like and then you forget what you were doing. Yeah, and you're on YouTube for four and hours. And you're on YouTube and then you're sending somebody a funny cat video. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, oh, crap, I think I went, what the hell did, where, what was I doing? <laughs> exactly. um, and you could spend a good full day, month, year. Mm-hmm. In a click hole, mm-hmm. in on the loop, yeah. click hole is the same thing. Click, 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 and there you are. Yeah. So, and um, to be one hundred percent clear, this is not one of those things where I'm going to say other people have this problem. We totally do not have this problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fighting the loop is a daily battle. Hand raised. Right. Very um, high. And I've got to get. I got to get a batting average, but um, it's. 
by sheer force of will and system building. So moving on. And it's about choices, which kind of takes me back to a podcast we did last month, actually, about choices and making choices and changes. But anyway, Um, (laughs) I digress. We digress. So I think there is a useful lens to say, what I'm doing is not generating the results that that um, I, I need to be generated, and maybe I need to do something different, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think we can approach that without guilt, yeah, right? Without the I didn't get anything done um, because I, I I don't know, man. Like I had this is this is a somewhat of a tangent, so pull me back in. Uh, okay, I had someone on Medium respond to a post about building healthy habits, mm-hmm. right? And he was like, "What about the habit of having no habits? Just be." And, you know, first off, I don't think he was a troll. I'm not going that one. But I'm like, oh, to be a creature means that you have habits. All creatures, like we do certain things. Our Mm -hmm. cat will walk downstairs and sit on a mat and yell at Angela every time Angela goes downstairs. Right? And to be sentient requires, you know, habits and things like that. So, um, the reason I digress there is because I think... We are hardwired to be productive, hmm. right? We are hardwired to do things, um, to stay moving and things like that. And again, hearkening back to last month's podcast, if we don't do things, we experience pain, mm-hmm. right? You don't believe me? Skip a meal or two. You will start to feel things, yeah. right? Um, your body has mechanisms to remind you <laughs> that there are certain things that you need to do. Yeah. Um, and I think... If we really wanted to, to go deeper into the conversation, I think your body is a very good um, indicator of other changes that you need to make. The body keeps the score as it goes, mm-hmm. right? And so if what you're doing is not nourishing you in different ways, you will feel it elsewhere. I'm not saying you're causing yourself pain. I'm just saying that there's a correlation between – there may be a correlation between what you're doing and your pain or your weight or how much you can sleep – or, 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 or. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the reason I wanted to say that is, again, if, if you start with the assumption that we are inherently motivated to do things, and this has been proven time and time again in things like the progress principle and the power of habit and things like that, right? So many sources point to the fact that we are hardwired to be productive we are hardwired to, to want to achieve our goals. We are hardwired to work well in teams with people, right? Because we are social creatures and making other creatures happy is part of what we've been selected to do. Um, I, I, I just want to start there because so many people, I think, have this some sort of mindset, some sort of assumption about themselves that they are not a productive person. To be a person means that you are productive, Right. There might be different shades. Right. You may not be as effective as you could be. Um, You may not be making, you know, discerning choices to the way that you could be. So there are different things. But I want to start with the assumption that you are productive and you are creative Mm -hmm. and you want to get things done. Yeah. Um, And, you know, wow. Coaching question for the win. I just like what came up for me just now as I was listening about that is like who whose voice are you hearing, right? And who's um, 
whose judgment is coming up for you when you're thinking that you're not being productive and there's guilt related to that? Like what, what comparison is happening there? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah. Let's talk about comparisitis real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, so this is one from behavioral economics. Mm-hmm. So here you go. Um, and I probably should find the, the, the source for this, but it's a well-known one. Maybe it's from Dan Ariely's um, predictably um, irrational. Anyways, um, pretty sure it's that one. We are typically content when we are only focused on our own position. Mm-hmm. We get anxious and uncomfortable when we look at our, our position compared to other people. And so there are things like you are fine with your salary until you find out find out that someone in a similar position makes more than you. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you are super unhappy about your salary. Yeah. Right? We might be fine with your level of productivity mm-hmm. until you find out about somebody else's supposed level of productivity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get super frustrated, mm-hmm. right, with things. And the reason I say this is comparisitis is so um, prevalent. Um, well, let me put it, I'll roll back and say it this way. The more your friends are high achievers, the more you have to watch out for this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, because you, unless you really know the full context of their life, it's so easy to compare the stuff they are getting done to the stuff you're not getting done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you unhappy. And so I know we've talked about Facebook and we've talked about social media and things like that, but keep in mind that unless someone is particularly brave and transparent or they just like, you know, to sort of do the um, disaster blogging, right? They, their life is a disaster and they write about it. There are, few, there are some authors that do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people curate their – they curate what they tell you to mm-hmm. only show the really great parts of their life. Yeah. Right? Um, you don't necessarily hear about your neighbor – in their troubled relationship with their, you know, with their partner, you might hear that their kid is doing really great at school, mm-hmm. right? So people curate the experiences that they tell you. And so if you're paying attention to other people and what they're doing, realize you're getting the highlights, mm-hmm. right? And those highlights may um, have a dubious connection to the truth. Yeah. And it's generally unhelpful. It's generally unhelpful unless you know their full context, in which case, you know, there are some people when you know enough context of their life and they are like getting a lot more done than you are, they're more effective and things like that. That could be a good gauge for really determining what you're doing and seeing if it's time to do something different. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a lot of information about someone's context. Yeah. Right. And so I think why I'm on this particular thread is because when I've talked to people, you know, Angela and I both coach people on this. When we talk to people and you're like, I'm not getting things done. I'm like, compared to who? Yeah. Right. Or before we start that, tell me like five things that have been really valuable that you've done in the last seven days. Mm-hmm. Right. And they always have five things. Yeah. They always have five things. Um, and so it's like, okay, so we have a different conversation here. Maybe you're not getting done as much as you thought mm-hmm. you would get done. Maybe you didn't focus on the things that were driving most. Like, there's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, and what often comes up is, at a sort of strategic level, um, my friend or this person online or this dude I saw is doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. 
and he's 26. Yeah. I'm 42, and I haven't gotten a quarter done. What the hell am I doing with my life? Yeah. Again, comparisitis coming up, yeah. and there you are. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. I have so many different things that, that keep coming to mind. And, you know, one of them is when we start talking about comparing ourselves to other people and we're thinking about the guilt, like this guilt piece of this is, to me, it comes back to a conversation of priorities, right? And if you are clear on what your priorities are and you are spending your time on them and what you do and what you accomplish looks different than somebody else, that's perfectly fine. That's exactly the way it should be. Like your priorities look different than somebody else's priorities. And I couldn't help but think about, um, you know, Charlie, you and I have had this conversation on multiple occasions because um, we, while we don't have children, most of our clients do have children or they have children who are now grown and out of the house. Um, and, you know, that's another thing that we've both found is this guilt and or comparison that comes up um, when people, especially when they have young children and they feel like they're, you know, they're not getting anything done and they're feeling guilty about this because they're not getting this done. And I just want to take it back to what you mentioned at the beginning, right? Being a good parent is productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you're not going to be able to publish as many articles as the 42-year-old who has never had kids and doesn't have a partner to care for. Or, I mean, it's just, it's comparing apples and oranges, right? And it's not, you're just not being fair to yourself. And so that's what comes up for me is if you have been clear about what your priorities are and you're spending your time and energy on those priorities, then in my opinion, you're doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I would go a bit further and actually want to talk about ownership on this one. Mm-hmm. Right, and owning one's choices. Now, typically when one talks about owning owning choices, it's kind of really negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, you chose that, so you should deal with the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that, like, we choose every day what to do. We choose who we want to be. Um, And some of those choices are legacy choices. You made a choice six years ago, and there you are. Um, But still owning that and saying, you know what, I'm choosing this, or I chose that, and it was the right choice. Mm -hmm. And that choice means X, Y, and Z. And I'm okay with that, Mm -hmm. right? That just means that I'm not going to be able to do other things. And I'm okay with that, too, right? Um, I think it's... Angela, were we talking about this earlier where um, – no, I think it was somebody else. But I was I was talking with someone, and we were talking about sort of the psychological and mental maladies that, that really started popping up in, you know, the, the 1900s. Mm-hmm. It's really where we started seeing so many things pop up. And I'm not a psychologist – um, so I'll start that. And I'm not going to say life was better then because we had plenty of people dying at birth and during childbirth and smallpox and all sorts of things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But what I will say is the increased pressure 
and speed of life that we are currently living in, um, I think is setting the scenario where um, we're not giving ourselves space to be human mm-hmm. and we're trying to be super people. Yeah. And there's not enough life in our life, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work in our life, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of striving in our life, but is there enough life in our life? Yeah. And I know this might seem to be um, in tension with my earlier point about having productive habits and guy was like just being, but I think to live in that creative tension is what it means to be human, mm-hmm. right? That poten- that that tension between um, my life is what it is and my life can be a little better. Yeah. Um, and or... Um, there are so many things that I want to get done and do in my life. Mm-hmm. And this is what I have today to, to give to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we, you know, we live in these creative tensions and I just wanted to say that, that they can be true, right? You can be, um, there's a quote I wish I would have thought about who it is. And so I might have to look for it another, but it's, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm stealing it from somebody. They're an ancient person. So, um, really ancient, like classical, Okay. And so, um, hopefully I won't get sued for this, um, by anyways, um, the point is if you can't find happiness where you are today, you won't be able to find happiness tomorrow either, mm-hmm. no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's really what this boils down to this whole productive guilt thing is, okay, where are you starting and what are your expectations for what you can do and how do those expectations and your reality mash up? Right. And um, there is this tension where you can say, you know what, where I am now is not where I want to be. These, I have these really high expectations for myself that are impossible to attain. What expectations can I set up for myself that I can commit to, that I can achieve, and that I can be proud of? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, do you, how do I go that way? Because I think it's... Um, motivationally it's really really hard to build from failure Mm. day in and day out it's really hard to build from guilt yeah it's really hard to build from shame right now big embarrassment big shames big failures you can build from those because you reach rock bottom and you realize you have to do something else but that's sort of that daily failure malaise Mm -hmm. and daily guilt malaise is really hard to build from that yeah it's way easier to build from i'm going to do these three things today and I'm going to get them done, and you get them done. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, you uh, these three things, I'm going to get them done. And then you look back over a week, and you're like, you know what? I'm able to do these three things. Mm-hmm. Can I try a fourth? Oh, I could do a fourth thing, right? Or maybe you just pick the right three things. Like, I think you can stand on the firm ground of success mm-hmm. so much easier than you can failure and embarrassment and shame and guilt. Yeah. And so stand on small successes. Mm-hmm. And build from there. Yeah. And I think that is one of the best ways to um, address the guilt, address sort of that feeling like I'm not getting stuff done, I'm not productive, this isn't working, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll slide this in here. I don't know Lena's scenario. Um, I see a lot of guilt with entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because the building that they're doing in the now is not quite paying the bills yet. They're doing a lot of planting, but they're mm-hmm. not doing a lot of yielding yet. Yeah. Right? If you've been planting for a long time and it's not yielding, you may have a business problem. You may have a money model problem. Mm-hmm. 
And I just want to say, if you do have that, welcome to the club. Most entrepreneurs in their first businesses or in their first two or three ideas, they just don't work, mm-hmm. right? You're not a failure. You're not defective. It's just that may not be working. I'm not saying that because it hasn't been working doesn't mean it will. Um, I just want to make room for that, um, you know, there, there are micro failures or bigger failures, so on and so forth. And I think a better question and... Yes, by the time this this publishes, we'll have Ali's post up, so this would be easier to say. A better question might be, are there other economic economic containers that might help you there? If it really, if your story is, I am not being productive and I'm guilty about that, mm-hmm. if that really is, I am not making the money that I need to, to mm-hmm. make ends meet. Um, what I want to say is there are different ways of making money. That's going to state the obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay if you need to find another economic container and it doesn't have to be binary. It doesn't have to be shut your business down get a job. Mm -hmm. It can be get a part-time job and keep growing your business until you can go Mm full-time, right? It can go, it can be go full-time with a job and work your business Mm part-time, right? It doesn't have to be this binary A, B sort of scenario. When you look at successful entrepreneurs, many of them have stints in which, there is some form of employment that's supplementing the income. Mm-hmm. There's freelancing when the business model is something completely different. That's okay, right? It's okay. Um, and really ask, is there different ways to to do this thing? And why are you doing this, right? Um, because I'll say for most people, well, that's not quite true. Um, Entrepreneurship and owning your own business can be a route for wealth, and it's the route for many people who are wealthy, right, Mm -hmm. Um, who weren't born with wealth. I should be clear about that. If Mm -hmm. you weren't born with wealth, entrepreneurship and business owning is is one of of the routes to get you there. Um, It's a long game, though, for most people who make it. It's a long game. And so the stories you're reading on Inc. and Fast Company about someone who started started with an idea and three years later they're a billionaire, that's an outlier. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Wanted to make space for that, just in case the real story is I'm not making the money that I need to. Mm-hmm. Ergo, I'm not being productive. Yeah. Um, you might be productive on all sorts of other measures, but what you're doing to earn income may not be um, viable or sufficient or um, what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. and I'm gra- glad you mentioned that because I do, I do think back to lots of um, – conversations I've had with people and issues that have come up and um, especially when it's a conversation with an entrepreneur um, it oftentimes is the guilt about not making enough right so yeah I'm glad you brought that up yeah Yeah. and to be honest it comes up for me time you know yeah not time and time again but you know yeah enough that I have to realize that wait a second that's just a slice in time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just this moment of time and how I'm feeling. It is not representative of reality. Yeah. Um, and that's true for almost every entrepreneur and small business owner that I know, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, I want to end on this one. Mm-hmm. Maybe not ending. We'll yeah. see. Um, this is from Albert Einstein. Um, not everything that counts can be counted. And the reason I want to slide that in there is, again, when you, when the conversation around productivity is not just about things counted, mm-hmm. but about moments spent mm-hmm. and sort of lives nourished, 
I think you get a better lens for whether you are being productive or not. And so if you're just looking at the countables, you're missing a major portion of what it means to thrive as a human being. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect ending. I couldn't agree more. All righty. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to Productive Flourishing. To get more resources that will help you finish the work that matters and be your best self in the world, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. If this episode warmed your heart or got your wheels turning, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the podcast on iTunes.